It's not everyone who suffers a stroke and then goes on to completely rebuild their body and become a fitness coach, but that is exactly what my guest on the show, Marty Lingois, did. Stay tuned to hear her story. Christ tells us that he came to give us life and give it in abundance. But sadly, for many of us, it can feel more like we're just surviving another day than living an abundant life. I'm on a mission to change that. I'm here to help Catholic women get radiantly healthy, supercharge their time and energy, and live lives that are brimming with passion and purpose. As a Catholic life coach and a certified health coach, I'll show you how to integrate the best practices of body, mind, and soul into your daily life so that you can become a thriving Catholic. Let's do this. Well, hello and welcome again to a thriving Catholic podcast. I am delighted to welcome to the show today, Marty Langlois, who you might know as the Catholic fitness coach. Marty has taken her experience as a stroke survivor along with 20 years of experience in Catholic pastoral ministry and combined it with her training in Catholic mindset coaching and personal training to create a simple and straightforward process for Catholics to rebuild their bodies from the ground up. Marty, welcome to the show. Thank you. I've been kind of following you on Instagram for a while now and checking out your story and seeing what you're doing. And I've just been so impressed by both you and your content. But for those who are not familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about what you do as a Catholic fitness coach? Um, As a Catholic fitness coach, um, my focus is helping people who've had injuries or dealing with some sort of brokenness somewhere in their lives to help be a part of the mission and putting them back together. Um, whether it's a physical injury or even something internal, as we know, as Catholics, there's a lot of internal wounds and limitations that, um, we're working through, um, and to provide that sense of healing and bring in that Catholic and the fitness together as a means to do that. And you have quite a story of rebuilding yourself, right? Um, can you s- share a little bit about your story? Sure. Um, so we're actually in April to be about four years now. Um, my daughter was born. I had to have a C-section um, related to some complications towards the end of the pregnancy. Um, and it's not been clear as to really what sparked that. But I ended up having to have a surgery um, to give birth to her. And then um, before the surgery happened, I was starting to feel this uh, kink in the back of my neck or a pain point in the back of my neck. And we just thought, well, maybe, you know, those hospital beds are so not comfortable that maybe it was just the way I was laying on there or something like that. Um, then I went in for the surgery and after she was born, I started getting a really, really, really bad headache. Um, and my thought was, well, this is probably just part of the postpartum hormones kind of kicking in. I'm exhausted, (laughs) you know? Um, so, you know, trying to find ways to 
monitor the headache and monitor the neck ache. Even had someone come in and try to do a massage for the neck. Um, once I got out of the hospital after the C-section, tried all kinds of the remedies I knew that could get rid of a headache from rest, drinking water, you know, tried a little bit of coffee. It was caffeine related. A piece of chocolate was blood sugar related things just to try to see if I can get it to go away. And these things were not going away for three weeks straight and they only were getting worse. Um, and uh, I talked to the OB and kept saying that these are just not going away and put me on some pain med that didn't work. And then three weeks later, um, I was breastfeeding my child and um, handed her to my husband because we were actually going to go for a little buggy ride. And all of a sudden I wasn't able to move my arm. And it was one of those situations where I don't know if um, you've seen Harry Potter, you're familiar with Harry Potter, where mm-hmm. he breaks his arm playing Quidditch. The professor comes over to fix it. And it's just like this dead limb. <laughs> That's kind of what it was. And I'm looking at my arm. I know I'm saying, let's move. I'm picking it up off of the armchair. Let's move. And I looked at my husband. I was like, I think we need to go to the ER. And then my leg went numb and the right side of my face went numb. So we went to the ER and did a a CAT scan. And sure enough, they found a blood clot in the back of my neck and a blood clot in my brain. Wow. Um, Which then contributed to the stroke. Both pain points had started the the day my daughter was born. Oh, my gosh. And um, at the time, because my husband was in the military, we were in a small town, um, Alamogordo, New Mexico. I was placed in an ambulance and driven four hours um, to Albuquerque. And then eventually my husband called her next door neighbor at the time, um, who also helped us out, called our priest. And they ended up making their way up to um, Albuquerque as well with my, at the time, three-week-old. Yeah. Um. Who you were so, breastfeeding and we're, I mean, I'm sure as all moms listening, we're like, oh my gosh, you've got this newborn, you're breastfeeding, you're four hours away, you're separated from, I mean, this is horrifying. And it was, and even, um, cause like she was born, um, the Wednesday of Holy Week that year. So for us, our Easter had come early and then three weeks later was Mother's Day. So I was in the ICU on mother's day um trying to allow you know do what i what needed to be done so i could get back to my brand new baby um so i was in the hospital for about a week um they did the mri and um you know did all you know all the treatments from blood thinners and all that and i was on those for about six months went through physical therapy and occupational therapy for six months to regain some sense of stability and control back into my body because when the stroke happened um my right arm is the one that took the biggest hit mm-hmm. and um it was so weird it was like all of a sudden I didn't know how to do anything with it like I didn't know how to write 
it was and you're right-handed right now I'm right-handed yeah and I didn't know how to write and it was just one of those awkward situations you know when you're being asked to fill out a form for your daughter I'm having to look at my husband saying um <laughs> do this for me <laughs> I can't I can't write wow and it wasn't and it wasn't because I didn't logically know how to do it there was a disconnect the neural disconnect between my mind and my hand and needed to make that reconnection happen um and the occupational therapist I had was really good at helping me get that back so um and then in that process you know like I grew up with a medical family um and we were big on the body mind spirit focus and I had already known going through um Catholic ministry basically my entire adult life and doing that and the whole physical piece like the theology of the body and all I knew there was a way to bring that together and I'm sitting there like, I remember I was doing some of my physical therapy and I looked at my husband and I was like, is it weird that I'm enjoying this? <laughs> like, I don't like why I'm here, but I'm actually getting a lot out of the experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to do something with this. And before that time, I was wanting to go into the hospital chaplaincy route. Um, so I was, I had already done an in summer internship and was wanting to go back once we got into a place where it, could, it was more accessible for me to f- finish that up. And I was like, is there such thing as like a gym chaplain? <laughs> gym chaplain. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> obviously they go together. Right. Obviously, but not so obvious to a lot of people. So, well, yeah. So I was like, okay, so let's see how we can put these together. Um, so, and then I pursued the personal training. I'm a corrective exercise specialist now, um, which really comes in handy to help people work on their balances and ultimately get that neuro control in their body, regardless of the reason for why that is. So, yeah. yeah that's your story is so fascinating. So, you've survived this stroke you've rebuilt your own body now through like physical therapy and rehabilitation and now you're like hmm i'm catholic i am really interested in helping people with fitness and then what happened the catholic fitness coach was born or what happened next well um after I did the whole um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, I started working out at a gym. I got myself a personal trainer because at the time my shoulders were still kind of uneven. It was more mm-hmm. of a cosmetic thing than fun- and a little bit of functionality as well, but more of the cosmetic, you know, as women, we want our stuff to match. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I've been working and still working with my personal trainer right now, um, who's definitely... Um, like I consider, I call him a, like a shoulder expert. He definitely helped me provide some, get some exercises with that. And then I went through um, some Catholic coaching and train with Metanoia Catholic, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm still got some training. I do want to finish up with them when the timing's a little bit better. Um, and they really have helped me to build that bridge, bring that Catholic language. And then of course, a little bit of that secular language together, you know, the common language together to bring that, you know, what was it? I sat down, I was talking with my coach. I was like, you know, I really like this idea of rebuilding the body, putting it back together. And she's like, Oh, redemptive redemption of the body is like, 
that's it. That's the thing. Yeah, right there. It already exists. That's amazing. That's it. I knew there was a Catholic term for this. Yeah. Um, so the redemption of the body, which um, we know that, you know, our bodies and souls, you know, that's what makes us human, that union that brings it, it makes us human. And it's been that case since creation. Um, and, you know, at some point we know when we die, they become separated temporarily, but at some point they're going to come back together, just like we saw at the resurrection of Christ Mm -hmm. and his glorified body. Um, we see in the assumption of Mary and her body and soul going up into heaven. So this body and soul combination is vital and essential, um, for the, future whether it's short term or long term of course we don't know when that's going to happen yeah so the body is important otherwise god wouldn't have made it the body is good otherwise god wouldn't have made it um and to bring back that um the good true and beauty of the body um and its functionality and to just i mean ultimately enjoy being human we're so afraid to enjoy being human Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I I don't see why. I mean, there's nothing in the scriptures or in the catechism that says we can't enjoy it. Oh, I know. Exactly. And, you know, the thing is, people can experience a lot of joy this side of heaven. You know, we don't have to be holding on, waiting until we're saints in heaven before we can experience the joy and the goodness and the beauty of this current life. And a big part of that is taking good care of our bodies of just not just to honor God who gave them to us as our first gift, but because that really does, it can be a tool to help us grow closer to God as well. And I think that a lot of Catholics are kind of missing that because they think like, oh, my spiritual life is over here. And then my body's over here and God doesn't really care about like what I'm doing with my body so much as it's not like inherently sinful, but you know, like I'm going to work on my spiritual life and you know, maybe my physical habits are like terrible, but it doesn't matter. Right. Like, um, so I think, you know, just this integration of the body and soul, the fact that we are both and we can't really neglect either one. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to, to, especially when people are starting to try to find a coach for, you know, for physical health, like I'm a health coach and, um, you're a fitness coach too. And so, you know, like when people are looking for a coach, I've had some people say to me, like, why would I care if my health coach is Catholic? And I'm like, oh my gosh, why would you not care? It's so important because it's like the whole the whole worldview that you're approaching your coaching from is going to be totally different as a Catholic as opposed to like a more secular coach. Right. Well, hey, friends, I hope you are enjoying this interview. Just want to let you know really quick, if you haven't already decided what you're going to do for Lent this year, I just want to encourage you to join my Missio Parada Lenten Challenge. Missio Parada means mission ready in Latin, and this free challenge is designed to help you become a fit instrument in the hands of God so that you can accomplish the mission that he's given you to do. Missio Parada combines physical practices like a disciplined diet, consistent sleep, and daily movement with deep and powerful prayer so that by the end of Lent, 
you will be mission ready. So if you are looking for something to do this Lent and you are still trying to figure out your Lenten plan, I just want to invite you again to join me inside of Missio Parada. The way to join is to go to athrivingcatholic.com forward slash Lent, or you can just find the link in the show notes for this episode. Okay, back to the show. I want to talk a little bit about, I know that you specialize in helping people recover from injuries. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but that it's not just external injuries that you're helping people recover from, because we know, obviously you might have a sports injury, like someone maybe even has had something as tragic as a stroke, like you've experienced, but there's also a lot of injuries that people might be carrying around that are internal or that are not visible. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, cause I've been working with some, um, clients that have been dealing with a little bit of both, um, like clients that have been, um, just lost a loved one that passed away. So they're working through grief right now. Um, I have another individual, um, he's on probation for a sex crime. <laughs> so, and I have another individual that's, um, got some autism so there's you know a lot of things that go on inside of us and just trying to kind of bring in this perspective of you know how the two kind of actually feed off of each other Mm -hmm. right so like if I have a physical injury and I saw this quite a bit when I was working in the hospital as a chaplain a lot of these questions come up about you know God why did you let this happen? I mean, you're good. You're all powerful. You're all knowing. And you didn't stop this. Right. And even the question of not of those three things, existence altogether, because this bad stuff's happening to me. On the flip side, we also have the injuries, internal wounds that are from sins we've committed. Right. Um, And even just kind of that internal struggle in, understanding our identities, whether it's because of something someone else said to us, or even things we've thought about ourselves that may not necessarily even be aligned with the Catholic church. They sound good, but it's not what God has said to us. Um, And, you know, and a lot of times those sins, whether we're talking about, you know, the deadly sins of gluttony, sloth, um, lust, they have a way of showing up in the body. And whether you're dealing with, you know, the lust, you hear that you can, can kind of feel that, that heart <laughs> and the gut wrenching heart um, ache in there in trying to deal with that. Um, the stomach ache after eating too much pizza, you know, all those things kind of show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to that internal piece, one of the things I learned a lot in the hospital and even more so with my upbringing as a Catholic was the value in the sacraments, especially um, the anointing of the sick. Um, before going into the surgery for the C-section, we called my priest said, hey, <laughs> I'm having my baby today. <laughs> you know, so he comes over and he anoints me um, before the surgery. And if we understand the fruits of these different sacraments, this particular sacrament helps us to align that suffering with Christ. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that of his cross. So here I am being brought into the operating room. I'm being laid on the table. My arms are being stretched out. My legs are being, I'm like, oh my goodness, this, this, this image looks very familiar. I was like, this is just how Jesus was laid down. Yeah. And, um, and for a minute there, I kind of felt this mirror image with him, this really strong connection. And then all of a sudden, of course, you know, now I'm going through the surgery and my, my child, my my daughter is being born, you know, the blood and the water that's coming out in the process of her. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's Jesus. That led to the birth of the church. Now, by no means am I ever going to compare any of my stuff to what he, he went through. But it helped me to grow and allow myself to go through that. Knowing, mm-hmm. hey, he gets it. Yeah. He gets <laughs> yeah. Guess. Sometimes that whole problem of, of evil and like, why do we suffer and how could God let us suffer these terrible things? I mean, there's, there's really not like one glib packed answer that's ever going to completely satisfy that question for us. But at the same time, we can look at the cross and we can see Jesus there and we can know that we're not suffering alone. And mm-hmm. it's often in our suffering that God is closer to us than he ever was before. I mean, it's like in scripture, we read that God is close to the brokenhearted, you know? And when we're like in those moments where, like you said, the grace of the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, it's not like a protection against death. It's a protect, it's a protection against being not united to Christ in your suffering. That's what it's, (laughs) that's what it is. It's giving you the grace to be united to Christ. Um, and that's so important. I think that's why as coaches, it's important that we aren't just taking care of our clients' bodies. Like, mm-hmm. like I oft I told my coach, um, you know, that if I help someone get skinny, but they're like miserable and sinful, then I failed. I've failed in my yeah. mission. Like I did not do what I set out to do with that person, which is to help them lead like these fulfilling, beautiful, united to God lives where they're becoming the saint version of themselves. And so for me, and I think for you too, you know, you and I both share this passion for helping people get healthy for a purpose. So it's so that they can actually live out their God-given missions or, you know, like I've, I've seen you call it their unique callings. It's like the same thing. Like our work is making room for God to work so they can live these missions, these callings, and they can live them out even better than they were before. Um, and so I I know like when people hear like a health coach or a Catholic fitness coach, you know, I think it's really important for them to understand that the end goal isn't like a perfect body. Like we're not trying to get you so that you have like a perfect swimsuit body, but you know, rather your body can be fit to serve the Lord. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. And I think the first question I would pose with that is to identify what does it mean to have a perfect body? Because I'm a big fan of the Olympics. So I watch, especially the summer Olympics. I love watching. I love the Olympics. Yes. <laughs> you look at the Olympic athletes, not one Olympic athlete for this, across the board with the sports has the same body. Mm-hmm. Right. But their particular body is essentially perfect for that sport. Right. Yeah. Or even taking the track because they have the most versatile <laughs> athletes, you know, your shot put 
thrower is not built the same way as your high jumper or your sprinter or your long runner. They're all, but in a lot of that, some of that might be genetics and some of that has to do with how they're training their body. Um, but the way their bodies are structured is what's enabling them to perform in their sport. You know, the runners have the six pack, not so much, you know, I don't see a whole lot of shot put and discus throwers having that. And, um, and the six pack, while they look good, doesn't necessarily, is not necessarily the same as having a strong core. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we dive into learning about the muscles a little bit. Um, the core is so much more internally than the whole six pack thing. Now, now if that's someone's desire and someone's goal, let's go for it. But again, we got to look at the whole encompass, you know, the body and what the focus is. Why do you want to strengthen that core? Why do you want, why do you want that middle strong? Is it for the perfect swimsuit or is it for, um, to be able to function in your life? Yeah. Now you can pick up your children. Now you can, you know, engage in your life without pain. Um, that's, that's so important. And I think too, like you're mentioning of the Olympics, I think that's such a good analogy too, because there's, there are different body types and they're suited to do the thing that they are excelling at, like they're doing. And I think that's like a very good analogy to, you know, something I talk a lot about, which is that God has tailor made you to do a mission and right. the, the way that you are constructed and that's both your gifts and your talents and your abilities. And yes, also your body, like it is constructed so that you can accomplish the mission that God has given you. And it doesn't necessarily need to be just like anyone else's because no one else's mission is just the same as yours. Right. right. There's, we're all spiritual athletes, but we're all playing a different sport. But we're all wanting to reach that gold medal, whatever, you know, that the highest goal, right? Exactly. It's the pinnacle. It's the best you can possibly be. And I know a few years ago, it was really inspiring and motivating for me when I think it was Matthew Kelly who kept saying, you know, be the best version of yourself. And that was a big thing in the Catholic world. And I found that really inspiring. And I think it's also, you know, um, when I was a kid, the army's slogan, probably when you were a kid too, like it was be all you can be in the army. I loved mm -hmm. that slogan. I loved it so much. And I, sometimes I think like, did I go to West Point, become an army officer because I liked be all you can be in the army. Like it just really captivated me as this idea of like, what's the best that's possible for you. And I think it's so fascinating to help women and to help other Catholics find what's possible for them, what's the best that they can possibly hope to achieve. Um, and fitness is, is a, it's a tool. It's a fantastic tool to help you get there. Yeah. So what is something that you wish more Catholic women specifically knew about fitness? I think the value it brings into living out your mission, especially, um, I mean, whether you're married or single, you know, our bodies are necessary for living out that call. Um, and as women, we have such a unique um, place in the world. 
in the way um, we're nourishers, we, with our, you know, our maternal instincts, right? Um, just the value of being able to hold your child mm-hmm. is more than enough reason to take care of your body, um, to be able to hold her bottle for her. And even just being able to, you know, reach that top shelf to get her her apple juice cup or whatever it is she needs and color with her. And um, someday, even for me personally, maybe showing her how to shoot a basketball, strum a guitar, all of those things that you can't do without your body. Mm-hmm. And the body is what allows the soul to become visible. And if we want our loved ones to experience what's in our soul, we got to let them experience. It's got to happen through our bodies. What we say, what, how we, um, when we reach out and, you know, touch our child on the head when they have a fever, those kind of things. Um, and to bring in those two, when we have a better understanding of how those two work together, the life we're meant to live, um, becomes fruitful and we start to see the fruits of that and those desires that were placed there for us by God anyways. And why, and he wouldn't put us in a place that would cause us to fail Mm -hmm. um, because it's a reflection of him. (laughs) He wants to succeed. So he's going to make sure we do too. So as long as we're cooperating with his grace, we're docile to where he's leading us. And I think too, you know, a lot of people think about exercise as something that's like, it's like an extra thing that they never get around to, or it's going to be a drag. It's like no fun. And I just feel like, you know, you've put it so beautifully that exercise and fitness is not about exercise and fitness. Like It's really not. It's about conditioning your body so that you're capable of doing these way more important things. But also fitness can be fun and exercise can be super enjoyable. And like you noticed when you were um, doing your physical therapy, like you're like, I'm enjoying this. This is actually, it feels good to move the bodies that God has given us. It feels good. Yeah. Or it can feel good. It should feel good. If it feels bad, we can work on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, people have even different understandings and what feels good in the workouts too, so. Yeah, but, and I also find too that like pushing myself in a really hard workout, there is a correlation because you train yourself to be able to push yourself hard in other things too. And it's a great, it builds your capacity for doing hard things. Right. It it definitely has a way of, um, building that sense of resiliency in you, um, you know, it's funny when you achieve one fitness goal, there's that desire to achieve the next one. And then the one after that, um, and sometimes, you know, some of my goals now are kind of unclear. So I'm trying to establish some of those at the moment. Um, but it has that it trains you to strive for the excellence, right? We're always called to strive for excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, in whatever way we're being called to do so. And I think embracing some of those challenges in the fitness world has a way of helping us to find that inner strength to to embrace those challenges we face in the spiritual or or internally in our families. 
um, we, we know there's challenges we all face in our families every day. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes being able to have um, that mindset combined with that healthy body can help, you know, yeah. how to better live those out and do, do it to the best of our abilities. Like you said, you know, the army slogan, be all you can be, right? We're all called to be the best version God is calling us to be. Yeah. And it carries over. It has, you know, sometimes you do a tough workout and it builds that confidence in you that you're like, oh, I can do hard things. And now you have that confidence to go out and do something a little challenging. And also, you know, the endorphins that are flowing after your workout might help make it a little bit more possible for you too. So (laughs) that doesn't hurt either. Um, Well, Marty, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your incredible story. If if you, if you are not following Marty, the Catholic fitness coach yet on Instagram or social media, please do go follow her because it's her story is fascinating and it's just so great to see her content and all the great things she's doing. Be inspired and figure out what's possible for you. And if fitness is maybe the path to helping you reach that next level for yourself. All right, Marty, thanks again. No problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Thriving Catholic Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Marty. I find her story so inspiring. And if maybe listening to it made you think, maybe I'd like to do a hard thing for God then again, I encourage you, join my Missio Parada Lenten Challenge. You might be surprised what you're capable of. So you can join at thrivingcatholic.com forward slash Lent. And friends, until next time, please remember that you were made for greatness. So don't settle for anything less.